Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Give it to me! Hey everybody, I'm Rich Straffolino. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, a weekly podcast supported by you, which currently has more than 2,000 thing styles and sets available for purchase, making us one of the largest sources on the internet. We are always on the lookout for unique things and aim to provide you a one-stop shop for all your thing-spotting needs. Thanks for joining us. Yes, yes indeed, of course. That's from the About Us page from the ubiquitous DiceEmporium.com. I love that the the trend you have taken of using mission statements as our opening has been improving. Uh, it was funny the first time you did it and it was out of whack. And it was like, this has nothing to do with our show. <laughs> this is just a mess with Molly. <laughs> but I love that you're finding ones who are like, actually, this isn't really far off from the mission. <laughs> it's a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we find you lots of thing styles. We make them available. We're on the lookout for unique things. Like, it's pretty good. I, I after having having to write an about us one time for a site and like having to go through the meetings of doing that, I have respect when I see that someone made a decision about it. Yeah, and that at all got distilled down to us. I'm like, good job, good job. Uh, well, I I've made a decision of my own, which is mm. to start with my first thing: car camping. Oh, okay. Uh, I, go on. I believe car camping is having a moment. Uh, it's not new and it means different things to different people. So I'm actually curious, what does car camping mean to you, Rich? For me, car camping, uh, means I get my 1999 Pontiac Aztec. I get the little tent thing that goes on the back of it. I drive to the campsite, uh, or, or maybe we're doing like a, like a neighborhood camp out kind of thing with some friends or something, but we're all going to sleep in the car, put the, uh, put the seats back, got my little tent, the hatches up. I can nestle in there and and have a nice uh, camp out. Oh, so your car glamping with your fancy tent. (laughs) I I mean, it is an Aztec. Spared no expense. (laughs) And the Aztec. Uh, Yeah, and I think a lot of people think of the pop-up tent thing that you you could add, and that's certainly part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think what I've seen more often is people just car camping with the hatch up, if they've got a hatchback, where they're just, you know, they're they're just laying out there in the sleeping bag but with the car open uh maybe making a campfire maybe bringing some chairs to sit around the campfire but yeah you just have the car and you don't have a tent you might have the thing that rich is talking about that's tent like that you put on the car but you don't go and set up a tent to sleep in well and i think this is also like a side effect of now we live in a culture where the expectation is you either you own some sort of crossover SUV or something with a hatch that makes this much easier to do as opposed to like curling up on the back seat of a yeah. you know of a traditional sedan or something like that like in the trunk of your, of your yeah. Pontiac. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you could Not always so put the seat down but like it had a weird angle a lot of these lay flat so yeah I mean I mean I'm 100% for it. we've talked about even doing that uh with the kids uh, like kind of figuring out 
okay, if you know how we can work this out, probably still need a tent just because one car, four people, that's tricky ergonomically, <laughs> unless you have like a excursion or something like that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, uh, something, I mean, I'm, I'm down for it. It's, it's interesting too, because camping in general, uh, has some derision from people who don't like camping as mm-hmm. why would you go do a thing that you can afford not to have to do because human society has progressed. Uh, <laughs> but there's some fun to camping and I feel like car camping is the same way. My dad, when I was growing up, he would have looked at car camping as a thing you would have to do if you couldn't afford a hotel room <laughs> or a tent. <laughs> That that is some prime boomer dad uh, energy right, right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, he was even older. He was the lost generation. But <laughs> oh. um, but but yeah, it it was it's that sort of like, well, why would you do that? And the reason why is because you don't have to. It's kind of fun. Well, and also as a, a former Boy Scout of America, not to brag here, first class, but. Like if you ever get like a a tent damp and then you have to like leave it out to dry so it doesn't get like there's a lot of maintenance that goes in with just like basic tent stuff that if you can avoid that and you're like, hey, this car, it's weather tight. I don't have to worry about condensation or any of that junk and stuff like that. I can pop the hatch open for some air when I need it. I can have some tunes ready to go. I Like I am all for this. Uh, I noticed that Sloop and at Porter uh, both reference an older version of car camping, an older definition of car camping, which is, well, camping is when you walk somewhere with the tent on your back and then you're in the wilderness and you set up your tent. Car camping is when you drive somewhere and then you park and set up your tent next to the car. Uh, that is an older version of car camping, an older definition of car camping. It's still around, obviously still around with that Porter and Sloop, uh, but it's not what I see everyone meaning when they say car camping, uh, which I think is another interesting thing of like, well, camping just means in a tent. Of course you drive there. Maybe you walk there if you're some like crazy orienteering freak. Uh, (laughs) But you know, it's, it's, it's become less of a distinction of like, well, camping is really when you, you hike out to your camping site. Uh, If you just drive to the, to the campground and that's car camping, uh, (laughs) it, it doesn't feel like as many people think of it that way. Yeah. And uh, we also need to recognize that we are stepping into a world of outdoors people, cultures that I only stick the the tiniest, uh, tiny thumbnail into. So I I will respect that. I I don't know my distinctions between my car glamping, my backpacking and all that kind of stuff. And there may be uh, vociferous disputes to that effect. When when I was growing up, it was camping, whether you drove there and parked or not. But I think my dad would have called car camping when you drive into a park and then set your tent up next to the car. Driving mm-hmm. to an actual campground and paying to reserve a space and setting up your tent isn't, I don't think he would have called that car camping. That's just yeah. camping at a campground. It's a different mm-hmm. thing. Uh, when I slept in the car at a rest stop in Virginia, in 1996, we did not call it car camping. Mm-hmm. We just you called it, we're too tired to keep driving. <laughs> you didn't account for inflation, Tom. That's that's why yeah. you didn't call it car camping. I know. Yeah, there was, it was the, the Clintonian years that we had no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to count like falling asleep while laying down in the back of a car, I also used to call that the drive-ins like when I was a kid. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's analogous to there too. It's, it's also not car camping if you fall asleep while driving. That's yeah. dangerous. Yes, that's just called the reason I eat sunflower <laughs> seeds when I have a car ride over 30 minutes. Sunflower seeds keep you awake? Yeah. Well, all right. You, you can't passively eat a sunflower seed, Tom. 
it's an active but also thing. it's really hard to doing. hold on to the steering wheel and eat a sunflower seed uh, that, again full attention is needed to make any I of feel it like possible. that's just as dangerous <laughs> Shh, tom i don't have a commute anymore for a reason <laughs> got it got it sorry all right. Well, my first thing this week is something I came about this. I was just I was on the Twitters, as one is want to do sometimes, uh, trying to avoid different experiments that they seem to be throwing at us all the time. And I saw this tweet. I'm going to put it in the discord here. And it opened this world to me that I'm fascinated by. I want this to be a thing. I'm, I think I'm getting ahead of here. But out of the fascination with mechanical keyboards, I've discovered cyber decks. Ooh, tell me what a cyber deck is. So a, a cyber deck is basically building your dystopian uh, uh, science fiction laptop that like, a su- like it looks like something from Blade Runner, right? Where it, it has, uh, it's a movie use, prop like, from a sci-fi movie in the eighties, but they make it in real life. So a lot yeah. of times they're using like raspberry pies. Yeah, they're yeah. using but like, it's functional. Thir- yeah. yeah. They're using like 30%, uh, like tiny little keyboards. They're building them into Pelican cases or just, uh, like 3d printed structures and stuff like that. And the, and the goal is to make them look just like super cyberpunk. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like a, a, a whole subreddit, uh, that's going on with it that it's not huge, but I want to say it's like in five digits. So it's like, there are some passionate people, that are at least uh, interested in it. Let me just bring up the Cyberdeck subreddit real quick. This feels like a I, subculture for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I, I feel like this is close enough to, this is kind of, feels like where mechanical keyboards were, I don't know, 15 or more years ago, where it was like, yeah, you had like your IBM buckling spring, like that were just kicking around, but like, wasn't a lot of custom, like if you really wanted to get into it, you had to, uh, 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 it, it there wasn't as many resources. It would be like you'd go to a forum and be like, "Oh man, I found this really cool uh, keycap supplier or something mm-hmm, like that." Mm-hmm. Whereas, uh, yeah, so the the subreddit for this has uh, forty six thousand nine hundred members. So again, not gigantic by Reddit standards, but not tiny either. Uh, and people are posting new designs and kind of how to guides. It's uh, it's really interesting. On a kind of it it uh, hits all the things I like. It, again, you got the mechanical keyboard element, kind of that DIY computing stuff. Uh, throwing some Raspberry Pi goodness in there. It's it's I I want this to be a bigger thing uh, very soon. Okay, I feel like the Raspberry Pi. If anybody doesn't know what that is, it's it's a small affordable computer unit not mm-hmm. not going to be as powerful as a regular laptop but you can do some fun stuff with it it's very programmable very big in the maker community because it allows you to put a computer in things uh very very adaptable uh and so using that as the basis to make like a cyberpunk looking laptop because you can right <laughs> uh, totally makes sense to me it's that is also maker ethos I wonder if something arises, if somebody hits on while messing around with these ideas that are good in and of themselves, somebody just stumbles upon something. They're like, you know what it's really good for, though, is X. And then we get some new function or form factor or something. What's funny is I've seen if you like scroll through the subreddit enough, you'll see them basically like recreating uh, like laptop ideas that OEMs have tried before. Like there's a couple that are very much like the UMPCs from like yep. 2002 or stuff yep. like that, uh-huh. uh, which is, which is amazing. Cause they're like, for me, our super low power thing, that's kind of tough to type on is exactly what I want. And I respect those people for building it. Yeah. Well done. 
yeah, Cyberdex, an, uh, a subculture thing for sure, and something mm-hmm. to maybe keep your eye on. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say thing on the rise. Thing on the rise. I like it. Uh, I am going to do something we don't do that often on It's a Thing here. I'm going to call the end of a thing. Oh, uh-oh. Uh, Bass Pro Shop hats <laughs> have been a thing for a couple of years. Uh, this is in the ironic sense of people wearing them, not because they are fans of Bass Pro Shop hats, but because it thinks it they think it's funny to wear a Bass Pro Shop hat, even though they are not a Fisher person. Um, and and that's well documented. In fact, back in December. Uh, Wall Street Journal did a story about how Bass Pro Shop hats had become a fashion statement. Um, know your meme, of course, as they always do, have a, have a great uh, listing of the history of, of how it rose into the meme consciousness and became a fashion icon. But what caught my eye was the fact that Know Your Meme updated the Bass Pro Shop hat <laughs> entry July 30th, because a TikTok post by user Glossy Girl mocked men who wear Bass Pro Shop hats expecting to get attention and received almost 70,000 likes and 330,000 views over five days. Wow. Wow. The, 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 the definitive end. I does is that. I, so I don't delve into know your meme enough to know that they update the whole life cycle yeah. of a, of a, like a meme uh, kind of crossover thing. It's That's a, amazing. It's, a, it's an encyclopedia of memeology, uh, that, and and I, I I look at it on the RSS feed, mm-hmm. and so. When I saw Bass Pro Shop hats show up in the RSS feed, I'm like, well, that's not new. So something must have happened. Uh, it's sometimes a little hard to, to, to figure out why it's showing up after an update because mm-hmm. they don't put up at the top, here's our update. You just kind of have to <laughs> scroll down until you find the thing. Uh, so at first I was like, well, why is this getting updated? And then very end, very end, July 30th, TikTok post from Glossy Girl. So it's, I mean... It was glossy girl just like we're done. Like it, it was just so eviscerating to this attention seeking behavior that it it discredits it as a well, that, that's form of irony. I, I the way I, I interpret it is that she probably is not the first person who's been like, mm-hmm. well, that's what people with Bass Pro Shop hats. Uh, you ain't gonna get any love from me with your Bass Pro Shop hat. What was it significant was the number of likes and views. Like it caught uh, on. It wasn't mm-hmm. just somebody saying it. It's a bunch of other people saying, that's right. Yes. I've been wanting <laughs> to say the same thing, right? That feels like the tide has turned. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, um, I I feel like this is also a, uh, uh, we, we talked about last week, kind of uh, the end of snobbery as like a meta trend or a meta thing that's going on. I feel like we're like, it, maybe not the death, but like the the exhaustion with irony, <laughs> I feel like is also a thing we are in the middle of, too. Mm-hmm. I, maybe that's a Gen Z thing. I feel like everything having to be a little ironic feels uh, feels very millennial to me. Yeah. The the whole like I'm wearing this. Uh, I hate this. So I'm wearing style it. Yeah. Ironically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, the, 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 not, I'm not saying it's a hipster thing. I'm saying I go it to the feels bar and I buy the cheapest beer. Ironically, not because mm. I need to save money. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like Metatrend uh, is is the Bass Pro Shop, the canary in the millennial in the, irony coal uh, mine. Death of irony coal mine. Wow. 
Yeah, I think it was, that's a good that's a good call. If nothing else, I have a show title, so that helps. Uh, well, my last thing uh, for today is something. Uh, Jackie did not bring this to my attention because I said, "Jackie, I'm going to use your thing," and she was like, "I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never heard of these, so I don't know where I've heard about these, but I have validation that they are a thing, and they are either called pillow slides or cloud mm. slides." Tom, are you familiar? I am. I am familiar, but I didn't know they had really caught on. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of a slide, of a slipper, mm-hmm. of a of a of a of a open toed footwear. Uh, because we don't wear shoes in our house. Uh, yeah. so I like to keep a, a couple of slides. My, my favorite, uh, is the, the, the Hawaii brand Okai, uh, keep them by the door at all the doors. So if I need to pop outside real quick, I've got outdoor slides. Then of course you can also have indoor slides. If you're like, you know what? I don't want to wear shoes in the house, but I, I do want something comfy on my feet. Uh, and that's where the cloud slide, as it is mm-hmm. called here, or pillow slide, as I know it, comes in. Yeah, the it seems like um, uh, the at least on the non-luxury side, there is one shoe that's taken off the Bronax cloud slide. Seems to be the one to get. Seems to be the one uh, that's blowing up on TikTok. Everyone seems to uh, I feel like have glowing reviews. Called Bronax would be wearing a Bass Pro Shop hat. But the name of a cloud slide. It definitely sounds like the name of a of an alien in MST3K. That is, it's very. uh, I I don't know. It's it sounds like it's something they didn't think they were going to sell a lot of, so they just put out a random name, and they're like, oh, someone on TikTok liked it, so we need ten million of them now. Wow, those Bronex ones look pretty cool, though. I have to say, yeah, they look real. I mean. Basically, it's it's the idea because I I was skeptical of the utility of the croc for some time. Mm. But now having children, I realize like a shoe that uh, someone with not the most eye hand coordination can easily get on and off is extraordinarily valuable to my time. (laughs) So like the idea of why don't we just throw a pillow under that seems like that. I mean, it seems like a win win. Um for me, I, I guess the only thing I mean, this is me being the uh, the parent here or the uh, <laughs> the Midwestern is like, I don't know how well that holds up if it's like squishy as opposed to just being like a solid. Yeah, these are these are not of, built yeah. for durability. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like, the, like, I feel like the crock, the benefit is like that will outlast like civilization. Right. The only problem I have with crocs is the the, the air hole punches in the toe area. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the look of that. Never have. Well, you need to get your charms to put in there. That's the yeah, point of those. I'm not sure if that's fixing it for me or not. Because um, don't you want something poking the other side of your yeah, toe? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whereas the cloud slide or the pillow mm-hmm. slide, uh, it's comfy. It just looks like, you know, you've got sandals on. Mm-hmm. And the Bronex ones weird come in 14 different colors. Yeah. They're good colors, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, I may have to pick some up uh, for my foot comfort and report back uh, on these because they are quite. Uh, I mean, I like a nice goldenrod personally. Mm, um, good choice. Very earth tony. Yeah. 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 But with, you know, just a little bit of a, a flair to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, hey, 20 bucks for uh, a shoe these days in this economy. Are you kidding me? Come on. You can't find that. Come, come oh, on. Oh, wait, they're 25. Uh, well, in that case, I can't. I can't go in. What? You waited too long. Now they're 30. Oh, no. Uh, well, excellent. Uh, let's get to your things, folks. Feedback at it's a thing.me. Matt Bat needs help identifying a thing origin. There is a meme where a guy sings 
time to do some sketchy s-h-i-t do da do da hope i get away with it oh do dash day and there are clips of people doing stupid things along with it i can't figure out the origin of this song the version i'm most familiar with has an air brake sound in the background he's near an idling truck i'd love to know where this comes from i have posted the video where it came from this is new to me matt bat uh matt bat good history of of checking on things at least uh, uh, a pretty reliable emailer so i'm assuming this is this is places that i just choose not to go oh yeah oh oh we have update from sloop in the discord my coworker from louisiana introduced this to me in december i'm gonna say well we already have confirmation that's a thing from matt bat but we're no closer to an origin yeah uh it, I, I feel like the original is just original um uh, original music <laughs> <laughs> it's an adaptation of, you know. Well, yes, yes. Do da, yes. do da, camp down, ladies, sing this song, all the do da day. Oh, the do da day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't think there's any other secret origin of the song. I think the mm-hmm. song is just that song with different lyrics to illustrate the sketchiness of the activity in which the subject is engaged in. Uh, I, yeah, I think Matt Bat is looking for like they use this in Rick and Morty, and that's why it's everywhere. But I, I mean, if if we know about it, feedback at it's a thing dot me. Uh, let us know if you know the origin story uh, of this uh, uh, yeah. not FCC but, but Matt, safe Matt Camptown Bat racist. Saying the re- origin of the song, I think it's just Camptown racist. I think that's okay. all it is. All right. Well, uh, speaking of Sloop in Discord, uh, they wrote in uh, with a thing formation. This was directed at Molly, but we're sharing it here. Uh, at Root Rambler may have found your bra top with a statement sleeve solution here. It says a little late to the party, perhaps I'm a few episodes behind, but excited. Uh, these were thing firm by you as a thing. And I have uh, I will post the link here uh, to the Instagram uh, feed. Uh, and uh, it certainly is a, uh, a bra top. And it certainly does make a statement with those. Those sleeves are spectacular. I just have to say. Yeah, that's a bra top plus because the, the puffy <laughs> sleeves. Those are those well, are insane. Although this got me down the rabbit hole of, I think making your own clothes is a thing. Like it's oh, definitely a sub yeah. again subculture. Have we not talked about that? I thought we talked about that. Like patterns. maybe that early. Yeah, maybe maybe it was patterns. Yeah. yeah, but like I've I mean just personally know people that are into that. So I feel like. If it's not, maybe we might need a thing revisited because uh, then Ryan in Minneapolis, also in the discord right now, uh, wrote in discord earlier, the long road to thingdom of TIFU uh, saying I've been seeing slash reading TIFU or thing I effed up on Reddit for about five years. Uh, and then Routing Wonk noted, it wasn't until Apple News that I noticed news articles that are describing a TIFU thread. Once I noticed that, even Newsweek was posting news articles. <laughs> even Newsweek. Even Newsweek. Mm. Yeah, uh, as we say over and over, we're, we're never claiming that the thing is brand new when we bring it to you, uh, unless we specifically say that. Usually it's, it's you know, anointing it as like, this, this is a thing now. So Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, uh, yeah. The TIL, I feel like, had a very long shelf life on Reddit before it reached like where I'm seeing it in text from friends and stuff like that. So that's that's fair to say. Yeah. Uh, oh, did I say thing? I I've got things on the brain. Ryan is correcting me in in the Discord uh, that I said thing instead of today. Today I effed up, not thing I effed up. Uh, the management regrets the error, uh, and we correct it immediately. You can have a free appetizer on us, Ryan. 
Yes, Ryan, you're right. Uh, all right. Shout outs uh, based on Apple's 10Q filing with the SEC on January 26, 1994. <laughs> Detailing factors that may affect future results and financial condition. Uh, if you want, Tom, I'll start this off. All right, please do. Okay. During the first half of calendar year 1994, Mike Akins plans to introduce its first Miranda Janelle computers based on a new Powerly Price family of risk micro patrons. Accordingly, Benjamin Forrest's results of operations and financial condition could be adversely affected if it's unable to successfully transition its line of Morris Jones personal computers and servers from the Louis St. Amour 6800 series of micro patrons to Eric Duncan. The success of this transition will depend on Kevin Sill's ability to continue the sales momentum of products based on the Jake Woods series through the introduction of Gabriel Cohen-based products to successfully manage inventory levels of both product lines simultaneously to gain market acceptance of the new Laura Abel-based products, and to coordinate the timely development and distribution of new versions of commonly used Andrew Bradley products, specifically designed for Joe Hood. It must also broaden industry acceptance of the James C. Smith Personal Digital Assistant product, including effectively licensing Smith technology and marketing the related products and services. Did, I mean, they, they, did they got to list them get all. to be Newton? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He got it. Hey, listen, he got his name in twice. Okay, that, if you that's Newton, pretty great. Like that's an honor. Like you know, we're not playing favorites in the uh, in the in the shout out here, Rich, are we? Because because that's a that's a prime spot. <laughs> I mean, when I see Newton in a 1994 earnings report, what else can I do? But, yeah, but to but use give it. it to James C. Smith. That's well true. Done. That is that is also the oldest quarterly filing Apple has on record on their website. Really? Oh, yes. on their website. Uh, it's yes, obviously I'm, not their old, oldest quarterly filing, but no. it's the, the oldest one they bothered to go put online. Yes. Which is, <laughs> I, I, I wonder if they put it online, you know, back because 94. That's about when the web was, you know, getting mosaic and taken off. They did talk about how their Newton uh, uh, e-services were uh, going to be key to uh, driving revenue growth uh, for the next fiscal year. So they weren't. No, it, it, no. I mean. Spoiler: they If you're fo- if you if you're following Apple financials in real time from 1994, <laughs> spoiler. Ah, uh, uh, but but you too could be enshrined in a shout out like this, folks. Patreon.com slash it's a thing. Uh, thank you for listening to It's a Thing. You can become a member of It's a Thing and get access to cool stuff like our Discord and an ad free RSS feed and more at Patreon.com slash It's a Thing. You can also email us your things to feedback at it's a thing dot me. We, and by we, I mean me, Rich, and Molly in a special clearing out the bullpen episode. We'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.